Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What's up, fellas? Welcome back to Convos Over Cold Brew with me, your host, Emma Abrahamson. Today's episode is with Colleen Quigley. She was on the podcast so long ago. It was literally September of 2020, and we have so much to catch up on. She's a 2016 Olympian in the 3K steeple. She's a Lululemon ambassador, and she has recently made a little bit of a detour into triathlon. She just got her pro card. Yeah, like I said, we just have so much to catch up on in her life, and this episode was awesome. She talks about her plan for steepling and triathlon moving forward, the decision to get into triathlon, and just so much more. So I hope you guys enjoy. Okay, back with Colleen on the podcast. It has been so long, dude. Like, I was trying to remember when the last time we even, like, talked, or especially on the podcast. It was, like, 2020, the podcast yes. was. I mean, we've talked after that. But, um, yeah, I'm excited to have you back yes. on. We can, like, catch up with everything. Because a lot has changed in your life. Yeah, a lot of things have changed. And, yeah, I know we tried to meet up a couple times because we're both Cali girls now. But, you know, it just hasn't been able to work out that we've been in the same city at the same time but we need to go on some bike rides together hit the pool together i know we'll you're some well, you're like way more impressive than me especially now on the bike like i look at your strava sometimes and i'm like oh yeah. my goodness and you're like the climbing queen like i like don't give me one foot of elevation gain i like a good no! road you know like take me on the pch which is still a little bit hilly but like yours has like thousands <laughs> of feet of elevation gain every ride and i'm like you know what miss me with that a little bit you know <laughs> I love the climbing. I don't know. Ever since day one, I was I just naturally like loved the climbing. Like the first three hour ride I did, I think we did like four thousand feet of climbing in like three and a half hours, and I was like, "Yeah, like this is awesome." <laughs> That's genuinely my worst climbing, nightmare. But I, say, I I hate the descending. Like going down is really not fun for me. I just get stressed to the max about killing myself to be honest on the way down so it's scary and yeah whenever I've gone on group rides you know I just don't like the hills in general like I don't like the up part I always get dropped on the up part and I get dropped on the down part because I also (laughs) ride like I haven't I haven't done a group ride in so long but when I do it's with a bunch of like guys so I feel like they're like a little bit more reckless maybe naturally I don't know and they all bike a lot so on the descent they are going so fast and it's the same thing where I'm just so afraid and I'm still going fast. Like I'm going like 30 plus miles an hour. On yes. The Thank you. Yeah. That's but like going like 40 something, I'm like, I can't do that. So I get dropped on both parts. So maybe no. that's why, you know, I get that. I feel like for me, it's like, I just don't have that need for speed. Like some people are just, they, it's like the adrenaline rush of going downhill. They think it's so fun. And I'm like, no like I just see myself like getting really hurt and I've gotten hurt so much like just from running that I have no interest in like spending six months 
you know, on my butt because I like got into a bike crash. And, you know, it seems like just an unnecessary potential setback. And I've, you know, I've dealt with so many injuries that I'm like, no, I know what that's like. It sucks. And I don't want to risk like going back there again. So, and the bike injuries can be like really bad. Like, it's not just like, oh, I have plantar fasciitis. It's like, <laughs> I broke a bone, you know, or like, yeah, everyone I've really seen that has gotten bad, like, so. everyone I've seen that's gotten in like a bad car or not car a bike um accident has broken something it's always like a broken yeah. collarbone well, sometimes they involve cars <laughs> yeah yeah sometimes yeah sometimes they do involve cars <laughs> but the bike crashes they just there's so many i don't know i'm so afraid of actually yeah. crashing on a bike you know i've fallen like in my clips you know when i first started riding yeah. stuff but that is not the same as like actually getting in a crash like in especially going down the hills and i know one of my friends, I remember seeing a video of him going down some of the hills in, in LA or something. And it was like a really windy one or whatever. And he just like yeah. completely slid out going so fast. And then it's like your bike is also damaged. So then you have to spend a right. ton of money Which, repairing. Those things are expensive. Hello. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So it's like the body and the bike. Very... Yeah. Yeah. So you I haven't gone, have you gotten in any crashes really... yet? No. I haven't knock on wood, but I mean, like it, ha like it happens to everyone. So I know it's not a matter of if, but when, like everyone at some point, you know, gets hurt, uh, gets in an accident. So I know it's like bound to happen, but every time I leave for a ride, both Kevin and my coach, instead of saying, have fun, I've noticed uh, right from the beginning, I noticed both of them say, be safe, like goodbye, be safe. They never say have fun <laughs> or have a good ride. They just say, have a safe ride, have, be safe be safe out there I'm like it's just constant reminders that um you know you need to be careful and it's like a risky activity but honestly it is so much flipping fun I don't know if I can curse on your podcast but I have so you much fun ahead. on the bike yeah <laughs> I love it so much like I just find so much joy from going on long rides and like doing efforts like I just I never really get nervous for it like the way that I do for running I don't know why but I just found this joy on the bike when I started riding outside back in like September I got off the spin bike finally and started riding outside and I was like holy this is so much fun like I just immediately like took to it um and I think part of that is like that I think I have some natural ability on the bike which always makes it more fun right when you're like good at something and everyone's telling you like oh my gosh you're not good on the bike and I'm like yeah this is fun <laughs> but it's just like there's like this little kid joy about like just riding around like wind in your face and you're just you feel like every ride is an adventure you get to go for like you know, you might ride like 50, 60 miles. Like I never do that running. I might run like 12 or 13 miles max, you know? So it's like six out, six back. That's not much of an adventure. Um, so yeah, I just like, I love it. I could gush about biking all day. I really, I think the best part of it is being able to like how much you get to see of everywhere. Like, yeah. I mean, you can't really travel that easily with a bike. So you're not most of the time not going like worldwide like with running it's nice because you can go anywhere and you can run and True. You know, tour around yeah. it's a little harder with the bike but like around your city where where you live like you can just see so much more every time you go out for a ride than running so I definitely agree with Absolutely. that one okay one question I had though is because yeah. I, you know I'm I've gotten into biking and stuff and I've trained for a triathlon in the past and stuff have yeah. you do you think that you've reached like you've found your limits with biking yet like do you think I don't know with running because we've been doing mm -hmm. it for so long we obviously 
you know your body so well, you know your limits when it comes to like working out and stuff. But with biking, I don't think I was doing it long enough to like really, or I definitely have not done enough workouts in my biking lifetime cycle to really understand like where, what my body is supposed to feel like during these intervals. But yeah, I mean, you've been I don't know, outside since September, do you think that you've at least gotten better or have you found any limits at all? I agree with that so much. I think that's part of like what's so fun about it is that I can come to it with like more of a beginner's mindset. Whereas with running, you know, I've been running professionally since 2015. I've been running since my freshman year of high school was like 2007. And so I just, yeah, like I know what like 520 pace feels like when I'm in shape and I can like click those mile repeats off. I know what 67s feel like on the track when I'm in shape and I can like click off 400 repeats. Like I like have that sense of, you know, like track or running fitness that just from years of experience of feeling paces and feeling efforts and stuff um, that when I'm not in those kinds of shape or if I'm not running like if I'm running 530s and it feels hard, I get frustrated easily, right? Because I have all this preconceived like ideas about what I should be able to do and what my body has done in the past. And so honestly, I think it ruins some of it for me because I can't just like take it for what it is that particular day, that particular month, like whatever season or part of the year I'm in. Like I just have so much um almost like so much baggage about running that I just don't have on the bike. So I come to it with much more of a like curiosity of, oh, I wonder what this VO2 workout is going to feel like on a bike. I've never done VO2 work on a bike. I've never done threshold work on it. I've never done a 20 minute threshold on a bike before. I wonder what that's going to be like. And so instead of like coming to it with like this, like judgment attitude, it's so the curiosity, I think is the right word. Cause I'm just like, huh, like, this is going to be interesting. And I pick a stretch of road and I try and hit my watt, you know, I have like a power meter. So I try and hit my, my wattage goal. Um, and it's more of a game. Like, it's just, I want to see what happens, see how I feel and see what I can do. Like, I wonder what I can do. Um, and that's just so much fun for me. And it's definitely been a good lesson to me. Like, okay, I think I can still do that in running. Um, And I think if I'm gonna like really get back to like loving running again, I think I need to figure out how to do that with running. Um, Because I've been just doing it for so long, I need to like, almost hit the reset button and like find that joy again um, in running because I know I still have untapped potential in the sport. But it's just been, you know, like a few rough years of getting injured, trying to come back, getting injured again, and not building like any consistent training in the sport of running. And so if anything, it's like the biking has reminded me what it feels like to do that in running. It's just been a long time since I've done it since then. So I'm excited about that. And, And swimming is honestly the same way. Like I am not a very strong swimmer. And when I've learned some like technique stuff in the pool, I noticed like my time's dropping and then my effort being more like instead of like kind of chaotic effort in the pool, like chaotic energy, it's more controlled and like I feel more confident. Um, And I'm like, oh, yeah, like I remember doing that in like high school and cross country, you know, when at first you don't know what you're doing and it's total chaotic energy. 
And then you kind of learn and you're like, oh, okay, I know how to like control my body and control my breathing and I can control pace and I can feel pace. Um, and it's kind of refreshing, I think, to feel that in different sports um, since, yeah, it's just been honestly since high school, since I've really felt that with running. So yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, run, running is just like so monotonous. And if you've been doing it for a while, there's you're just not really getting that much like new stimulation out of it. Like there's, yeah. I don't know, you do the same, you do basically the same workouts every year, you have the same exact, I mean, maybe you run different meets, but most of the time, it's like the same kind of schedule. Yeah. And you're building towards the yeah. same thing, like, I don't know, the Diamond League. And the, that's what I love about. That's what I love about the triathlon training is like, my weekly schedule with triathlon would be like every day was so different. Like every day of training, like, okay, today we're, our main focus is the bike and we have this like beefy bike workout that we're going to do. But then I also have like a shakeout run in the morning and then an easy swim in the afternoon. Um, and then a different day, it's like the swim workout is the, you know, focus of the day. And then different day, the run workout is the focus of the day and the other sports work in around it. And so like every, you just never get bored, um, which, I always thought was really fun because I think I did start to get bored with like track workout, easy day, easy day, track workout, easy day, easy day, track workout, easy day, long run, easy day, track workout, easy day, easy day. <laughs> like, oh my God, it's so monotonous. So it really like livened up the training for me, which uh, I think I needed. So I'm curious, like how, I guess... I mean, would you call it like a transition to triathlon? Because you talk about that you're still that you still want to compete on the track, but I guess the detour yeah. to triathlon, how did that come about? <laughs> was it like a natural progression? Like you just started getting on the bike for cross training and stuff, and you're like, maybe I will take a dabble, or where when did you decide that like, oh, maybe I will actually start training for this? Yeah, like detour. Um I, you know, I've just been injured so much that I basically started like you know, doing triathlon training, um, because of injury. Like I was just on the bike and in the pool so much when I couldn't run that like for years, people have been telling me like, why don't you just do a triathlon? Like you're training for a triathlon, why don't you just, you know, you'd be really great at the triathlon. Um, but for me, it was always like, like making the pivot to triathlon in my mind, you know, we all have our like ego and our like made up stories. So just hear me out. But in my mind, it was like, that meant that I had been, that I had failed at track and that I had to pivot because I wasn't good enough to cut it on the track. And so I had to, it was going to be a sign of failure to pivot to triathlon. Um, and then the summer of 2022, I finally got out of my own gosh darn way and just like, you know, it was like, fine. It seems like the universe is pushing me towards this. And I don't know why I'm resisting it so much. Like, and I just called up USA triathlon and said, Hey, like, I'm interested. Um, what I want to learn more. First of all, I don't know jack shit about the triathlon. Uh, I want to learn more and like, what do I need to do to make a team in the triathlon? Um, and so I think it was just years of, you know, setbacks and running and finally getting frustrated enough to make that phone call um, and just put my ego aside. And now that I did do that, I, of course, this is always how it goes, right? I'm kicking myself that I should have done this years ago. Like, uh, this is so much fun. I'm having a blast. Like, why did I fight this for so long? Um, and I like joke with a couple of my friends who do triathlons, like, um, actually fellow podcaster to you, um, Nick Goldston has a podcast with, um, two pro triathletes. Um, and we were riding the other day in LA and he's like, 
I want to say something and like, hope you don't take this wrong way. And we never have to speak of it ever again. But I think that you should have always been a triathlete. Okay. There I said it. We don't have to ever talk about it again. <laughs> I was laughing because I was like, yeah, like I've had that thought, you know, like what, what, what would have happened if I had made that call five years ago, like right after Rio or, you know, in 20, 2017 or something, what if I had made that call? who knows? And it's so stupid to wonder, but the reality is like, yeah, I think this is something that, um, I probably like the triathlon is my future. Um, the unfortunate thing is that I did wait so long so that I cannot make the team in 2024, the way that their, um, qualifying system works is that they get points, um, at these, they accrue points at these high level races for two years leading up to the games. And then whoever has the most points, five, five or six weeks before the games, when they select the team, um, gets to go and represent team USA at the Olympics. And so people already have points like their, the system has, you know, the window for getting points has already opened. I just got my pro card a month ago, a month and a half ago now, um, and can start climbing the ranks and start doing races, but I have to go up three levels of race before I can start to get into the races where I earn points for the Olympics. Like it's hard to explain to people who don't know about triathlon that it is ridiculous. Like their system is just so ridiculous to be able to make the team. It's the opposite of track and field where track and field is one day you make the final. It's, it's one race and top three go black and white. You know, if you have the qualifying time, the world standard, and you are in the top three, you get to go. That's pretty like, you know, that's our, our system. Um, so this is like the opposite of that. So as soon as I found out I couldn't make the team in 2024 based on their system, I was like, Oh shoot. Like, all right, well, like kind of like, what do I do now? But the reality is like, okay, I got frustrated and I was like, okay, I need, I, I don't want to stop being a pro athlete, but like, something keeps telling me, like, I just keep getting injured. Something keeps getting in my way when I'm trying to put on spikes and run the track. Um, but I think I can actually use this triathlon training to help me stay healthy. Um, and then potentially actually get to race on the track. Like last year, I got two races in before I broke my foot. Um, I want to have like a full track season. And I think that triathlon training can actually um, be my ticket to do that. And then help me that that work over the next couple of years will help me make the transition like fully to racing triathlons all year round a little bit easier since I've been I'm working with the triathlon coach now. He's my main coach and he balances the three sports for me. Um, and so hopefully I can make a better like official transition um, to triathlon at the end of 2024. Um, with the end goal of honestly of making the team in 2028 in the triathlon, which would be in LA, uh, where I spend a lot of time now. So it's kind of complicated and people are like, are you doing triathlons? Are you doing track? Everyone's confused, which is, I mean, rightfully so it's confusing, but that's kind of, yeah, the situation. I'm glad you laid it out though. Cause I mean, people did ask about like what the plan was because I mean, it is yeah. confusing. Like, even someone that's confusing. I mean, yeah. I don't <laughs> even follow triathlon like super extensively, but the Olympic triathlon like system is confusing yeah. to me. And then you have like the completely yeah. separate side, which is the long course stuff, which is usually yeah. a completely right. separate group of people and separate races. And so it is really confusing. And not at the also, Olympics. And, yeah. And that's not an Olympic event. So it's like they have their own thing. Like Kona is basically their Olympics. Yeah. But yeah. But it's like so different because like people don't understand the difference. And I don't really, yes. under I mean, I do understand the difference, but like, I don't, 
it's just confusing and then throwing like the track still into that too and it's like how are you going to be doing <laughs> steeplechase while biking and swimming like that doesn't really make any sense but I feel like you have like a very yeah. set plan and everything um which is good and it's yeah. interesting to me to like hear it too because I was just curious wanting to know like what totally. I guess the goal was too but it's interesting like what you said about like checking your ego like mm. I I almost feel like the thing that you said about you know your transition to triathlon was because you failed at running or that's how you felt or whatever but yeah. I almost feel like maybe this is like rude of me to say but I feel like the elite no, triathlon world the elite triathlon world and the elite running world are the ones that like make it seem that way like I feel like people make yeah. fun of people for like I don't know joining like going into triathlon and they say stuff like that yeah. so I feel like I don't know that's a valid like criticism of yourself or like critique of yourself because yeah. I feel like that's the people some people make it out to be that way but a lot of them right. aren't like I don't know a lot of people like don't understand that point of view either because you already yeah. succeeded a lot at running as well like you already made an olympic team and I don't know I feel like it's just such a valid yeah. progression of your career to start going to something like triathlon and it does not mean yeah. at all that you like failed at running which I'm sure that you um I've come to terms with now and like I don't right know, it makes way more sense if you're enjoying it too like if you're not enjoying it why would you like hold yourself back yeah. from it that makes no sense and that's yeah. why it really frustrates me when people have these like super strong opinions or whatever because I'm like you don't know what someone else is like feeling internally right. about this and if someone totally. was at the height of their running career and they wanted to transition to something else like why don't you just let them be because they probably have things that are going yeah. on in their personal life that they want to try something new I don't know People are just very yeah. opinionated, so. It's, so. it's so crazy. And I think, you know, now I'm 30 years old. So I think I'm, like, coming at it with a little bit more, like, I kind of had to, like, step like step away a little bit. And, like, you know, you can't see the forest through the trees when you're just, like, in the freaking thick of it. You know, you can't get that big picture because I was just, like, so blinded by, like, and honestly, just chasing, like, I got to make the next team. I got to make the next team. You know, I missed the last team. I really got to make the next team. And I just kept, like, putting more and more pressure on myself to, like, figure it out and get healthy. But the reality was, like, I spent basically 27, 18, 2019, 2020, like, four years, I think, maybe five, maybe 2016, potentially, like, just overtraining to the max, you know, with the Barber Track Club, just bless their hearts, but like just doing too much, you know? And I thought that when I left that I was like, okay, I'm gonna like leave the team and train the way that I need to train, like listen to my body and, you know, not overdo it, not run too many miles, run the appropriate paces for me, like not running anyone else's, you know, appropriate paces. I'm just running my own times and it's going to work. And it just didn't work right away. I thought that it would be that season, as soon as I switched and started training differently, it would be like light switch. And, you know, looking back, it was, that was a bit of a ridiculous <laughs> expectation for myself and for my body to like recover that quickly. Um, but since it didn't like the pressure that I put on myself and that I felt like other people expected of me just like kept, kept building and kept building and made me like act more and more in like this desperate way to like, I have to get there, have to do it, have to do it, have to do it. 
Um, and in reality, I was having no fun. I was like super stressed out. I felt like I had to do something, not that I wanted to do something. You know, I have to make the team, not even that I want to make the team anymore or that I thought I wanted to do it because it was going to be fun. And it was going to be, it was like, I have to, because that's what people expect of me. And like, looking back, I'm like, gosh, like no wonder I kept getting hurt. I was like so stressed out. So like just took all the joy out of it. Um, and so I had to figure out a way to bring that back. Otherwise, like I was just going to be in that cycle forever, um, not having any fun and not making any teams like and no one around me, like my support system doesn't have any, any, any fun either. Like I'd come back from the track and I could feel Kevin like bracing for impact. My fiance, Kevin would be like, how was the workout? Like, I could just tell like he was not having any fun either. You know, it's like, that is just no way to live live honestly so I got to the point where I had to be like okay who cares if I never make another Olympic team like I made a team already like check the box did it that's something that a lot of people will never get to do I freaking did that so like stop being like it's not legit unless you make two teams or three teams or unless you get a medal it doesn't count it's like oh my gosh, why am I doing this? So I actually had like that aha moment at the end of 2022. Um, and actually I'm wearing, I know this isn't video, but I, for your listeners, I'm wearing a necklace that my mom gave me for Christmas um, that has the Olympic rings on it. And she gave it to me for Christmas of, and Christmas of 2022. I made the Olympic games in 2016, <laughs> but it was just silly. Like why six years later, like I asked my mom for this for Christmas. And it was because I had gone through this like kind of like work on myself about like what matters and what I needed to do versus what I wanted to do. And like how, you know, how I was going to like be basically living out the rest of my career. And so I needed to like take a moment to celebrate what I had already done and be like, that is what it is, is already enough. And anything else is more and it's great. And if that's fun and if it fuels you and if it makes you happy, that's great. But you don't need it. Like you don't need to go to another Olympic Games. If you do and it's fun and everything works out that way, like great. But you don't need it to be whatever, to be recognized or legit or whatever it is that you need to be. Um, and so we had, I talked to my mom about it and we like, we're like, you, we should get something to like celebrate, you know, 2016. And then that maybe that will help you feel like, you know, to like symbolize that that was enough. So anyway, now I wear this necklace all the time to like remind myself, you don't have to do anything, you know, if you want to, and if it feels good, that's awesome. But um, yeah, it's a journey. And anyone who like deals with, you know, pressure and mental health stuff, like, you know, that it's not, okay, I did the thing, like I saw the therapist for two months and then I had this breakthrough and now I'm good for the rest of my life. Like, no, I mean, maybe you like brought a layer, you know, you like peel back a layer, you feel better for a bit, but that doesn't mean like you'll never deal with anything ever again. It's all like ebbs and flows and like layers of the onion, you know, come off and then you find another one. You have to work through that one. So, I mean, I'm very much doing that myself and just like peeling back the layers. I mean, I think a lot of people can relate to that regardless of what level that you're at with athletics. Like if you were an athlete yeah. at some point, you, I don't know, you always hope for more and you always, it's never enough. Like whatever you accomplish, no, never, never enough. Like enough. And you are like the no. perfect example of someone who has qualified to the Olympics 
like the pinnacle of our sport or whatever. But even that is like never enough. And it's like one of the good Not parts enough. about, you know, endurance exercise. Like there's always another finish line. There's always something more that you can achieve. But I think it's something that a lot of people struggle with. And like for me, I mean, even yeah. after college or whatever, I don't know. You yeah. always just think you're like, I could have done more. I can do more. You know, there's still mm-hmm. untapped potential. Like I'm young. I need to capitalize mm-hmm. on it now because I'm young and I'm wasting my years away. Yeah. I think it's something that all athletes deal with. And that is just like a perfect totally. example. But then also having this realization that it's just like so good for your mental health to just like accept that what you have done is enough to like yeah. start enjoying it again. Because once you feel like you're in that mm-hmm. desperation mode of like, I need to do it now. I'm like running out of time. And like, especially someone like you who has so many eyeballs on them. And especially in an event like people chase where it's like, I don't know, there's five people that are basically going for the team and you're like one of the stars of the show. Yeah. And so just having, I can just sense like how, how you would be feeling in that moment of just like desperation and it just sucks all the fun out of it. Um, Totally. And that what happens when you feel desperate like that is like, there's a mental such a mental and physical connection that like you physically get tight and tense and you don't perform well and your body doesn't like move well when you're tight and tense like that that's when things happen that's when you know you get injuries is when you're running with that like tension so there's just such like you cannot um overstate the importance of the physical mental emotional connection with your mental health and your physical health like they just go into tandem like when I'm doing well mentally I also tend to do well physically and vice versa and you know when I'm feeling like garbage and I'm feeling really like my confidence is low and like everything feels off my stride feels off and my workouts feel off and I feel like I'm forcing pace like it's just it's crazy how much those two are intertwined yeah today's episode of combos over cold brew is brought to you by gooder Gooder makes $25 active sunglasses that don't slip, don't bounce, and are 100% polarized. Most of you have already probably either seen me wearing my Gooders or, you know, heard me talk about how great all of my pairs of Gooders are. They're super lightweight and comfortable, and like I said, they're 100% polarized, which, you know, living in San Diego, and we're getting into spring and summertime, it's about to be super sunny out there, so having them be 100% polarized is so key for me. They're also really easy to clean, and I'm a heavy sweater, so I feel like Everything I wear when I go running gets really sweaty and the gooders are super easy to clean and really good quality. They also come in these really cute boxes and has a cute little cloth sunglasses case. I'm literally obsessed with them. They have so many different styles. They also just came out with their Snow G's, which are snowboarding goggles and they are awesome. They're 75 bucks, anti-fog, anti-glare, full UV 400 protection. So if you're out there hitting the slopes, the snow G's, they're perfect. When I was in Mammoth last month, I saw so many people wearing the snow G's and I was like, oh my goodness, shout out Gooder. And if you guys want to support the show and pick up a pair, Gooder is giving Combos Over Cold Brew listeners free shipping on your first order. I threw a link in the show notes, like as per usual, and you'll see me sporting them on Instagram, YouTube. You can go to gooder.com slash cold brew and use code cold brew to get free shipping. Gooder offers a 30 day money back guarantee and 100% satisfaction. Find your pair at gooder.com slash coldbrew and use code coldbrew to get free shipping. Now let's get back into today's episode with Colleen. And I think just being in the elite running world, like obviously I'm like very familiar with it. There's It's just such a bubble too, where I feel like it's just, I don't even know how to describe it, but 
Yeah. I feel like a lot of people, it's hard to like see outside perspectives where it's like, yeah. it doesn't really matter that much. It doesn't matter. And, it doesn't even matter. And I feel like a lot of people listening, like, I don't, I don't know. I just feel like because I've removed myself now. Matters, we're all going to die. Like, you know, like what, who cares? <laughs> I know. And just the running world, like, it's just such a small little bubble that I can, I understand how it feels like it's the world is on your shoulders. Yeah. But in reality, yeah. like, no one cares. And I mean, you being on social media too, like you have so many eyeballs on you. And it's something that yeah, I had to realize too, like whenever I've made a big decision or like when I quit running, um, whatever, when I was leaving college, mm-hmm. just realizing that like at the end of the day, it doesn't, like no one really cares. Like if I go out on the street, like yeah. no one really knows who I am. So I need to yeah. do what's best for me. Um, and honestly, I feel like- they're maybe, all thinking about themselves, right? Exactly. Like they're all thinking about their own personal like shit, you know? Yeah. No one cares as much about your shit as you do. So you got to like figure out how to get good with it yourself and stop thinking about, oh, what are they thinking? Or it's like, no, they're thinking about themselves. That's to be honest. <laughs> I just feel like- Which is great. World, like people stay- for some reason, I don't know, maybe it's just my perspective, but I feel like people stay in it when they're really unhappy because people don't realize yeah. that there's like life outside of the running world. Yeah. Again, I feel like I'm kind of that way. Too. I definitely was kind of that way for a while. Um, yeah. But I just, I don't know, someone like you who has gone out of their way to try something different, like even when there's yeah. so much pressure on you to, I don't know, make a team yeah. in the steeplechase or whatever, just, like, trying something different for your own, like, mental sanity, and because Mm -hmm. just to find the fun in it, again, I feel like it's so refreshing, Mm -hmm. because I don't know, I just want people to, like, have a good time, and I feel like running can just be that just has so much pressure on you, but at the end of the day, like, most people aren't making that much money, and you're sacrificing your whole life to, like, be miserable if you're, like, just not doing well, and, like, you're chronically injured or whatever, so I, like, I don't know, I just really urge people to, like, go out and try something different, or try something new, or, like, find what makes you excited again, because that's when you're going to perform well, like you said, like, it's a mind-body connection, Mm -hmm. so, yeah, I mean, I'm excited for your, like, triathlon journey, and, like, I mean, you racing on the track again, just to see how that translates and stuff, um, yeah, yeah, it's just, I'm excited for that, too, I think that it could be fun, to see like right now I posted a couple months ago I think about um I just had this realization that I you know I'm getting ready for the track season right now and the what I'm doing on a day-to-day basis to prepare for the elite track season is so different from what any other runner who says they're competing for the elite like for USA national championships anyone who's preparing for USA national championships put all of us like in a line what I'm doing to train to train for that same event, I'm the only one training the way that I'm training. And at, at first, I was like, "Oh shit! Like, what am I doing?" And then I was like, "Wait, no! Like, this could be really cool. Like, if it works, and if I can actually like get myself there healthy and like actually be able to race, which I haven't done since you know before the pandemic, really, since like 2019." Um, last year I was there but I broke my foot in the race because it was hurting beforehand so I don't think that even counts as being there healthy racing because I legit broke my foot Um, so I haven't really been able to do that since 2019 if I can do that with this training I think it's so cool to show anyone out there who deals with chronic injury who deals with you know trying to fit uh, a square peg in a round hole you know trying to r- train a certain way and follow this training plan because that's what distance runners do and that's what distance training looks like and that's what everyone is doing and they're trying to do it and they just keep getting hurt and they just keep ending up in the same place and 
you know, are miserable. Like I really want to be able to show that there's another way to get there. Like you're achieving great things, but there's not one method. There's not one playbook to get there. Um, you know, I still have to prove it to be able to like give legitimacy to this, but you know, in my like bigger, I'm doing it for me, but in my bigger goals as well is like, if I can prove this, I might be able to help a bunch of other people, um, who deal with the same kind of stuff that I do, which is like, um, very motivating for me. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like we're seeing more people, I don't know, that are doing a little bit different things. Like, I don't know if you know, Grayson Murphy, like she, she races all over the place. Like trails, yeah. road, track, she does it all. And same with like Ali Ostrander, like just mountain Allie running. Too, and she, yeah. Like, I mean, now she just signed another contract, but for a while she was like just doing her own thing, you know? It's just nice to yeah. see people that are going off the beaten path. Because like you said, yeah. I mean, we're just in a bubble. And so everyone's kind of doing the same thing and everyone's looking at what each other is doing. And it's all just kind of the same thing. So it's just cool to see people that, um, I don't know, are following their own lead and breaking out a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you know, what I think is that if we can embrace like these different ways to train, I think we're going to end up having a stronger, faster, better, more competitive Team USA in five to 10 years from now, because we're missing out on some people that could be, you know, up there competing for us. And at least at the USA's level, because they're out because of injury, you know, they're overtrained and they're hurt and they're on the sidelines, or they just never make it like they never make it past college, um, or even sometimes really past high school, because, you know, they keep, um, we have these coaches that just keep beating athletes into the ground, and not training them, you know, the way that their bodies maybe ideally, you know, would, um, would work. Um, and so I think it'd be really cool to see like what kind of athletes we could develop and have them be like real competitive, you know, uh, members of Team USA. And like, it's crazy to think like we could be missing out on some of those people right now, you know, uh, which breaks my heart. So I, yeah, I'm hopeful that like it could actually end up making us even better and stronger um, in the end. Yeah. For sure. Are you, so you said that you're racing, um, this year steepling. Yeah, I'm still planning on steepling. I want to do some 15s and some steeples, maybe a 5k if I have to, but really don't like running the 5k on the track. It's so boring. Um, but yeah, I, I really like 15 as my like secondary event, um, from the steeple. So, um, we'll see. There's a cool event happening in LA, May 26th. Um, Bobby Kersey and his group are like hosting a meet at uh, UCLA at Drake Stadium. Um, so I'm excited, pretty excited about that. And then I'm thinking about racing the Road Mile Championships in about a month, it's like five or so weeks away. Um, I've, I haven't run a Road Mile since, um, gosh, since Fifth Ave. Uh, I guess it was Fifth Ave 2019. Is that right? It must have been, um, which was so fun. And so I'm like, oh, that could be fun. I have a training partner who's going to be up here with me in Flagstaff, Katie Camarena. Um, and so she's going to do that one. I'm like, oh, that could be fun. So I'm putting together my race schedule, um, looking at miles, 15s, and um, steeples, and then still want to do the steeple at USA's. But like, most importantly, I just really want to have a full season. Like last year, I couldn't race until we were like, trying to like, force USA's so I had to do one steeple before USA's to like get in to like get a time so I ran the Portland Track Fest and it was like the next day the window closed for USA's so it was like you have one chance 
chance <laughs> to get the time you need for USAs. Uh, and then, you know, you can run, run USAs two weeks later. So I did it in the pouring rain. We ran this steeple in the pouring rain in Portland. It was like such a shitty night. And I got the standard by like a couple seconds. And so I was like, okay, I'm, I'm in USAs, like breath of relief. And then two weeks later, I ran USAs and hurt my foot. And so then my season was over. And I only got to do the two little races. Uh, so I just, I want a full season. Like, I just want to be racing all season. Um, and that's really, you know, that's like number one on my list of goals um, is to have a full track season. And then I'll probably pick up um, triathlons again in the fall and, and see if I can find a triathlon uh, in the off season for track that I could do. Okay. So who was, how did you find a coach that's, and mm. it's the same coach for track and triathlon, right? Yeah. So I found this coach. His name is Greg Mueller. Shout out to Greg. He's a G. Um, I met him at this camp I did for um, triathlon, USAT. So we have USATF for track and fields. And then USAT is the triathlon version of that. Um, so the feder- the national, Govern body, go- uh, national governing body, NGB. Um, so the NGB for triathlon has this program that they do for athletes who actually, I should explain this because there might be some people on your podcast who are like, how do I get into triathlon? And this will be a- really helpful for you. They have this um, program that is for athletes who are um, graduating from the NCAA, uh, I think they're kind of, I, I think I'm pretty safe in saying this, that they're like ideal candidate for their program would be, it's called the college recruitment program, CRP. I think they, their ideal candidate would be someone who was um, running in like D1, maybe D2, going to nationals, um, but maybe, you know, not really, maybe like top 10 or like, you know, in the final, in the 5K or the 10K or the steeple at MCs, um, but like not quite good enough to get a contract from a shoe company to run professionally in track and field. But maybe that athlete um, swam in high school and like was on a bike, had a bike growing up as a kid and is like comfortable, you know, just they were ripping around the neighborhood as a kid on a bike and, you know, never did any bike racing or anything maybe, but um, comfortable on a bike and they can teach them like anything that they need to know on the bike. So that's kind of like their ideal candidate. Uh, Gwen Jorgensen went through that program, um, CRP program, because she actually swam in college and ran in college and then um, became an, an Olympic champion. Um, and then, um, oh gosh, um, um, Katie Zafaris got a Olympic medal in uh, Tokyo in 2021. She was a steepler and she also went through this program. Um, so they, yeah, they host this camp for anyone in the summer who's like interested. And so I did their camp. It was like me and like seven kids, six or seven. I think maybe there's seven of us total, six uh, college kids who either had one more year, like had a fifth year or were graduating and were done. And then me, I was 29 at the time, almost 30. And I was like, oh my God, like, like hey, in a dorm room, like team grandma, um, staying in a dorm room, like on a twin size bed with a roommate for a, like a whole week at the Olympic Training Center in Colorado Springs. Um, and it just turned out that Greg Mueller, Coach Greg Mueller was the head coach for that um, camp that year. Um, and so we just clicked that week, you know, we did, we learned everything about biking and swimming and triathlon. Like we did transition. They taught us how to do transitions, like flying mounts and dismounts and, you know, putting your little rubber bands on your shoes. And when you're in transition, and so you can like 
literally fling your foot over the bike and plop your butt on the seat and stick your feet in the shoes and start pedaling right away. You know, they were like teaching us all these things. Um, and so that, I don't know, it was just a really fun week and Greg and I really clicked and I told him about my plan. I was like, I think I can use triathlon training to be a better track runner. Um, I've been doing all this cross training for years, but I've just been doing it like on my own, like haphazard. I don't, no one tells me what to do. I just go and make shit up at the pool. Like I literally, I do like Peloton classes. Like it's so unprofessional the way that I cross train, but like you, you know, you know what the heck you're doing with three sports and how to balance the three of them. Like, I think if I actually had someone coaching me on how to like quote unquote cross train and I'm, I don't love the word cross train because it gives me like major injury vibes. Like yeah. I cross train all the time, but I'm not injured. It's I'm just training for three sports and three sports. Um, but I was like, I think, you know, you can help me do that in a more professional way. And I think it, I've had a lot of success cross training and then going and racing, but I think I could be like even better if I had some guidance and he was like, I'm down for this experiment. Like, let's try. Uh, no pun intended. Let's try. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, that's how I like met him and we just have bonded and I just feel super lucky. I think, um, like I just landed, you know, Greg and I just kind of like land at the same place at the same time. It was his first year ever coaching that CRP camp. Um, obviously, you know, my first time getting into triathlon. And so we just have the right place, right time. And I feel like I met the perfect coach for me. He's um, been so amazing. So we've been working together since then. Last year, I was working with a different coach that I had met in college. Um, I don't know if last time I talked to you, I was probably still on BTC. But I, I was working with Josh Seitz for about a year and a half after leaving BTC. Um, and he's a great guy. I worked with him in college and I really trusted him that he knew me and wasn't going to overtrain me and stuff. Um, but unfortunately, Josh took a job at the University of Oregon in the fall and he works for Jerry Schumacher now. Oh my gosh, so I didn't even know Josh that. I, yeah. Crazy. So. I mean, it's totally fine. We're totally amicable, but I just uh, told him, you know, I can't work with you anymore. <laughs> so <clears throat> we just parted ways. Um, since he's working with Jerry, I didn't feel comfortable um, working uh, with him anymore because I just wanted to complete separation, yeah. you know, from yeah, fresh start. my past. Yeah, fresh start. So I didn't want to, I just didn't want to, you know, be reminded of that daily. So uh, plus he was just going to be in Eugene. Like he wasn't going to be able to be, you know, visiting me at all. Cause he was really, you know, in the collegiate system. So we decided to part ways, but that was really right when I met Greg. So it was like kind of perfect timing that, um, you know, I found someone who I was like, cause I was kind of for a while there, I was like, crap, what am I going to do? Like, it's interesting, the pro track world, there's not that many options for groups. Um, if you don't, if you don't want to sign with the shoe company that, you know, owns that group. Um, there's really not that many options for you. So, which is something that I feel pretty passionate about. I think there's an opportunity to change that. Um, but I was like, okay, what am I going to do? And Mike Smith was like, you know, his group's full. Um, I didn't want to go move to Colorado. So I was like, well, you know, I'm going to be kind of on my own, but so now I work with Greg and then I come up to Flagstaff and I just, you know, mesh in with all the pros that are here and, um, work with all the different women who are, who are training up here. And then I have Katie Camarena, who's like my, she's my number one. She's my gal. So we make it work. It's a little, 
you know, non-conventional, but, um, it's so far, it's been working really well. And I haven't had, this is the fun part. I've been working with Greg since September. I haven't taken a single forced day off since then. Um, yes, no, like, oh, my foot hurts too much to run today. Not nothing like maybe a little here or there, like my hip feels sore or something, but nothing out of, you know, this is like normal run stuff. Not like, oh no, I have something wrong. Yeah. Nothing like Um, catastrophic. Oh, sharp pains. Yeah, exactly. The biggest hiccup I've had is after the first triathlon I did in February, I got a really bad sinus infection from the open water swim, which is apparently a thing for triathletes. Like our water pollution situation is so bad that like that happens often, which I was like, no. Wait, okay. You did horrible. The, were you, you swam in Mission Bay, right? Mission Bay, yeah. In Ew, Bay, like yeah. that that water is genuinely repulsive. Ew, like yeah. I, because I when I was like younger, I did I don't know, triathlons because I grew up in San Diego. I did some triathlons yeah. in Mission Bay. And yeah. I just always remember like the slime on like the boat ramp. What did that happen to you? Did you ever get sinus infections from it? I don't I don't remember that, but I just like would never willingly, I guess, like on my own go swim in Mission Bay because I just feel like it's gross. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's nasty. Um, yeah, I got, I had, I mean, you know, I had to do the swim part. It was only 750 meter swim. It's half a mile, but I got a nasty sinus infection two days later, woke up feeling horrible. And then I went through it. So I tried to like fight it off for three days without medicine. Cause I was like, I just don't want to take antibiotics. Um, but I finally broke down, took a round of antibiotics, felt better, but like not all the way better. And then like a week later, it all came back. Like I woke up, um, I don't know, like three weeks after the initial one. And it was like day one all over again. I was like, Oh no. And so I went like plummeting back downhill and had to go through a second round of antibiotics and that finally kicked it. And now I feel normal again, but uh, that was rough, but that was my only, like, I was so pissed. Cause I was like, no, like, (laughs) what like I'm healthy like my body feels good like there's nothing wrong you know there's my foot's great my hip's great my back is great like nothing's wrong but I can't train because I can't breathe and like my head hurts so bad because it was like I was so annoyed but other than that I've really had um no like setbacks from you know injury related stuff so um yeah I'm like super psyched about that yeah I feel like after just so many years of being injury ridden that probably just feels so good and I mean, it makes sense if you're doing so much cross training and just not as much pounding the pavement. I feel yeah. like that makes sense. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. My sister actually did, yeah. the, did the CRP. So she went through like the program and she... Oh, she did? Yeah. So she trained for like a year, but then she ended up... It. yeah I know yeah I'm familiar with the, like it, I feel like it has changed over the last couple of years like I don't know it's still a little bit confusing to me the CRP but like I'm I know the gist of it and Morgan Pearson also I think went through it and he was on this yeah. podcast and he went to the Olympics so yeah, yeah, yeah. it's been it's cool but I feel yeah. like you I mean you are I feel like the perfect candidate for triathlon especially because 
I don't know, after so many years, like on Bowerman and stuff and just training so much, like triathlon is just a lot mm. of hours and a lot of volume of training. Right. And I think for a it lot is. of people, like right after college, it's really like intimidating and it takes a very special type of person to be able to jump from, I don't know if you're doing like 5k training in college to jumping to Olympic distance triathlon training, because it's just yeah. such a big difference in volume. The volume. Yeah, but I feel like you, since you've already been training for so many years with a lot of volume, it, you're literally like the perfect candidate for it because your body's yeah. used to that and your brain's also used to training that much. Yeah, my sister had like That's a hard time point. with that. I mean, her coach, I think, was especially heavy on the volume. So I think they were like a little mm. bit extreme, but I just know that that's a lot of like, I don't yeah. know, it's kind of an issue for a lot of people that are getting into triathlon after college. But yeah, I don't know. That's a great point. It's funny. When I first started doing it, um, I was like laughing because I was just like, oh my God, I just work out all day. Like the other day was a perfect example. Last Thursday, I did a 70 or 80 minute morning run. I think I ran like 10 ish miles with a friend. And then, which is like my long, was medium long run day. My longest runs are like 12 miles. Um, so 10 was like a medium long run for me. And then had a couple hours where I went home and ate and sat in the Normatec boots for 30 minutes or whatever. And then got all my bike stuff ready and went to meet up with my friend for a three hour, three plus hour bike adventure where we did like some efforts up uh, to Panga Canyon. Um, we did like some 20 minute, um, like tempo efforts. And, uh, and I got home like, I don't know, probably four hours later with like all of the in-between stuff. And, and then it was like time to like quick, you know, change clothes, grab, I was going out to dinner. So like quick shower, get ready, go out to dinner. It was like dinner time. And then by the time I got to dinner, I was like, Oh my God, I like, I have just been working out literally all day. And that's then really realized, what it is. That's ideal for me. Like I freaking love that though. Kevin laughs at me because he's like, this is your, you want to be working out all day. And when you do that with running, you break. So he's like, this is the perfect sport for you. You can just like work out your, your little heart out and you won't, you know, you won't get hurt. <laughs> Plus my coach, I will say, I mean, props to Greg. He just knows how to train an athlete. Like I have hard days that are intentional, like really hard. And then I have unload days where he forces me to do like a 20 minute run and yoga. And that's all for the whole day. And I'm like, are you sure? Like, I'm going like, you know, like my little crazy brain is like, mm, that's not enough. And he's like, no, like, that's all you're doing. And he's so smart. And that's, I mean, that is why, you know, you can handle the load on the big days is because it's like you have low days and you have unload days. You can't work out for five hours every single day, you know? So that's an important part of it too. That's why people need coaches. Even if you are very good, that's why everyone has a coach. <laughs> exactly. And I have never been that athlete that's like, I can do it myself. Like I, you know, I'm smart enough to know that I'm dumb enough to hurt myself. So <laughs> I need a coach. Yeah. I need a coach too. I always say like the coach's biggest job um, for like, you know, neurotic um, endurance athletes is not to push us. It's not to tell us to do more. It's to hold us back, like to save us from ourselves. That's their biggest job. <laughs> no joke. That sounds, that genuinely sounds crazy, but I, it's fully true. It's so true though. <laughs> endurance athletes like are psychotic for that reason. Like, yes, people, it's our Achilles yeah. heel. It would make, it's what makes us so good, but it's what will take us the heck out if we let it. Yeah, you exactly. Know? 
And I at least you know that. And most people do know that. And that's why everyone has a coach. I don't know how people do it by themselves. Yeah. I cannot. There's just not like some coaches. I think a lot of track, I think Greg is probably an anomaly um, in the track, in the triathlon world as well, the way that he prioritize, he seriously prioritizes like my happiness. Like that day when I was going to go do that ride, I think I was supposed to do something else. And I said like two days before that, I was like, so like no chance that you'd let me like go do this ride with my friend because he has this workout and it sounds super fun on Thursday afternoon, like maybe. And he was like, okay, uh, we can work that into schedule. I want to like, I want to prioritize happiness right now. And so he changed around a couple things so that I could put that into my schedule. Cause he knew that like, that would bring me so much joy to be able to do that bike ride, especially since I was leaving LA on Monday and that I was going to have like a couple bike rides in the sunshine in LA left before I left, you know, before I left town. So he was like, let's prioritize happiness. And I would say overall, like that's his mantra is like, you know, he knows that we perform better when we're happy. And so if there's things that, you know, maybe on paper, like if you looked at like scientifically are not really what, you know, you quote unquote need or we should do, but he knows it's going to make you so happy. Like he'll not always, but you know, he'll try and make accommodations to make sure that I'm happy first and then, you know, see where we can go from there. I feel like that does have to be anomaly in triathlon because there's so much data that you can get where you can, I don't know, people use data to see like how their athlete is going to feel the next day. I mean, people kind of do that in running, but I feel like it's way more like perceived yeah. effort and stuff like heart rate training. I feel like is not even used that much with running, but triathlon, it's yeah. like all data, power, heart rate. And they do like exactly lactate power data. Uh power data and heart rate data. Yeah. They're just all about their data, which is so smart. And Greg does that too. Like he has access to my whoop. I wear whoop every day and he has access to all my data. So he'll text me if like my metrics are off in the morning, he'll be like, you know, how are you feeling? Like, you know, your HRV is really low today. Like I wasn't expecting that based off what we did yesterday. So like, is there something else going on? And you know, I can be like, ugh, like I'm really stressed about such and such and, or, you know, didn't sleep well last night or whatever. So he's definitely like, he's reading into the data, but in such a way that's like to make sure that we're not overdoing it, I think is like the main goal with, with the data for him. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's really exciting. I mean, I'm excited to see like, I don't know, the next couple of years seems like you, you have a good plan and always like having a good goal and a good plan. I feel like is just an exciting thing that's yeah. just different than I don't know the four-year running cycle so I feel like that's cool do you have any like yeah. I don't know how's life outside of training I mean your life like yeah. you said, it's kind of running but are you like I don't yeah. know you have you have a, a house in LA and Flagstaff yeah so when we left Portland everything outside of running is ever since I left BTC, everything outside of running has been amazing. Like my personal life outside of running has been so great. And then I got frustrated for like a couple of years there. Cause I a year and a half there. Cause I was like, I should be so happy right now. Like I finally get to live with Kevin after doing nine years of long distance with Kevin. We finally get to live in the same place and thank God we love each other when we live together. Like you know, that could have gone poorly and it went great. It's like, we love living together and spending time together. And we have this awesome dog who's sitting at my feet right now. And, 
like everything is, you know, great. We bought this house in Flagstaff so I could do training at altitude. Um, but it was like, but I'm still not healthy. I'm, my foot still hurts. I'm still having problems with my body. And that was just like, really, I was putting such a damper on things, you know, like I couldn't even enjoy all the great things that were happening in my life because this one, like, I'll be a pretty major thing. Like my health, uh, was really bothering me. Like I couldn't even walk the dog without pain, you know? And it was like, Oh, like I can't even enjoy my amazing life because of this thing. Uh, um, but now I feel like I finally found a groove where I'm like, okay, I'm healthy. I'm training hard. Yes. I still have a lot of goals that I haven't met. Um, but I'm healthy and, you know, working hard. And I have a great coach. We have these two home bases, one in LA and one in Flagstaff where we feel really comfortable in both. Now we did, um, a year of Airbnb every time we were in LA. So we had like this home base for altitude training. And then we'd go to LA for sea level, but we'd rent an Airbnb every time we were there for like six or eight weeks at a time. And that just got to be like, oh, oh just we'd get there and like the Wi-Fi would be really bad. Or like Kevin was working from the kitchen table and he runs a company, started a company and like, you know, runs this company from home. It's like all remote. And he'd be like running this company from the kitchen table at this Airbnb. And it's just like, oh my gosh, this is not gonna be like a long term they can't do this right <laughs> it's yeah crazy um and so we finally luckily were able to find a place in LA to like kind of you know hunker down and like set up shop you know Kevin has um and now we have like a garage in the backyard it's like a finished garage and he's got his whole desk set up back there so he has his whole office back there um you know there's doors there's a door to the house and then there's a door to the garage and like he can be on the phone all day on zoom calls and I can be doing whatever the heck I want to do in the house you know if I'm sleeping or if I'm cooking or if I'm on Instagram live like he doesn't even know what I'm doing in the house because there is this lovely separation yet he can come in and we can have lunch or he can, you know come in and uh afternoon snuggles are a thing in our house like he comes in the afternoon around 3 p.m when he's just needs a break from the screen time and the three of us pie and Kevin and me just, we just have our last afternoon snuggle time. Cause he's right there. It's like the best thing. And then we get to have dinner together and then he might go out back to the office after dinner to keep working. But he's again, he's right there. And so we just have this like lovely setup um, in LA now that we get to enjoy when we're there with like sunshine and stuff. And then when we come here, he's got his office, um, you know, in the house here that he works out of. So and then we drive back and forth. It's like seven hours. So it just feels like, oh my gosh, this is a sustainable, like we can, this is a lifestyle that we can actually like be comfortable with. And it takes away so much of the stress of like, okay, we're going to be in LA April 1st through May 20th. And I got to get the Airbnb and da, 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 da. So bless up for that. January 9th was our first day in the, in the new house. And it's been just a relief ever since then so yeah, yeah that's pretty much the the setup that sounds so nice that sounds yeah like you said very sustainable airbnb is not sustainable yeah. i don't know how people do that all the time i'm glad we did it i'm glad we did it for a year and we like we did we were all over like we did santa monica we did marina del rey we did venice we did el segundo we did hermosa um we did redondo and then we you know we're like confident of where we wanted to actually like settle down um so I'm glad we did that because we didn't really know the different neighborhoods that well so um I think important but yeah a year if that was like 
I we've hit our max for sure. Visit us though. I know, I know. I just like I haven't really spent that much time in LA. I feel like because San Diego, I mean, it's kind of similar to LA. So and yeah. LA is huge, like you said. It's like where do I even begin? Um, yeah, it's but, intimidating yeah, I, for sure. I was in San Diego for that race, and we were like, San Diego is so cute. Oh my god, like I love it there. So we want to spend more time down there too. Yeah, we'll have to meet up at some point when you're back in LA. Yeah. Um, ride some bikes yeah I just need to start getting on my bike more yes do it do it especially the weather's so nice now hopefully this rain is behind us and we can like no it's been so crazy you like you left the perfect day because this morning it was so repulsive it was sideways like sleeting rain so windy I mean I live like very close to the beach so I think that makes it a little bit worse but like is it really is it snowing there? I can't even see. I forgot my um <laughs> my background is. Hold on. Background and effects. None. Okay, here we go. <gasps> oh my yes, gosh. girl. Do you really stop this morning? It stopped not snowing now, actually. It's been snowing all day. All day. I got here and I was like, oh dear God. Like, what have I done? Have I made a horrible mistake? <laughs> <laughs> So do you train indoors then? Like, how do you ride? You don't ride outside, do you? No, I'm on the bike trainer. Yeah. Here. Yeah. So sad. I'm on the treadmill today. I had a 50-minute run or 53-minute run on the treadmill. And then this afternoon, an hour on the the spin bike, on the train, on the bike trainer. Do you use, like, Zwift? I've not, I have not um, downloaded Zwift yet, but I think this camp, this training camp, I'm gonna need to, gonna need to take the plunge into the Zwift land because, yeah, just gonna go crazy. Do you have a smart trainer, or do you just have like, a regular one? Yeah. Oh, then you should. Yeah, I have like a Wahoo. So much better. <laughs> I have heard this. Yes. Yeah, I have the Wahoo smart trainer. Um, so I. I think it's just an app that I get right for Swift. It literally, I cannot believe that you don't have Swift. It's it makes it way more entertaining. I've like I've only survived. I've only ridden on my trainer two times. Oh, okay. Like so, I just don't need it because yeah. I always go outside. Okay, yeah, that's so, fair. But this camp, I'm probably gonna spend like the next month on the trainer, so I should probably get Swift. Yeah, it's not like I mean I don't even know why it makes it way more entertaining though, but it just makes it so much more. I don't know, doable, like when you're riding indoors. But does I mean, it feel like a like a game? Like does it feel yeah. like a yeah, like a computer game or something? Yeah, so it makes it like a little bit more exciting, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I think maybe honestly, yeah. well, it's like raining today, but I'm kind of feeling a ride on my trainer as well. I also, Ooh. well, I actually have a Zwift Hub, which is like their new smart trainer, and then I also have a Wahoo Kicker. In my garage, yeah. so I have two exactly. two smart trainers, and I have not ridden on it since like two months ago. So I think yeah. today's the day that I'm the rainy on. day. Yeah, today yeah. perfect. And this conversation yeah, like kind of made me excited about like getting on my bike again, you know? So. Yeah, and you can like ma- I haven't like played around with that, but you can like make it simulate like hills and stuff, right? Not yeah. that you want to do that hills, but well, maybe maybe <laughs> I'll start practicing though. So then you yeah. know when you come back, and then maybe we can go on a ride, but. Yeah, preferably not doing tempo repeats um of wherever you said that you went. I don't want. I'm taking you. Oh, I'm gonna take you on all the canyons. Um, uh, no, we we should go. Um, Palos Verdes. Have you been? Isn't that hilly? So hilly. Yeah, exactly. No, 
Is there, well, I feel like the only places that people ride in LA are hilly. Yeah, there's only safe places to ride are hilly. Yeah, I know, because I see, I see people that live in LA on my Strava, and I see them, they're always, they start in, like, Santa Monica, and then they always make their way up the freaking yep. mountains. I'm like, count me out. PCH, you go up Latigo Canyon, or, um... Topanga Canyon or Mandeville Canyon. Yeah. So that's where all the good riding is, is uphill. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe I'll do a Zwift workout today that has some hills. Yeah, to start practicing. Just, yeah, I really do have to start practicing. Um, okay. Well, I feel like there was, I, I don't know, this was like a good catch up. We, we could definitely keep chatting, but I don't want to hold you. For- oh, we could chat. We could chat forever. Um, I just, I love that you get the, like the whole triathlon training thing and like you know you're all about it that makes it so much easier to just like chat about it you know yeah I mean I think also just like seeing my sister go through it and I don't know I just yeah I know a lot about it so I feel like I understand um yeah your little journey and you just get like the whole like you've been through stuff with like running post-collegiately where you're trying to find the joy in the sport again um so I think that's so relatable to a lot of people and to myself that you know, I'm, yeah, I'm trying to go to the Olympics, but I'm also just trying to have a good time, you know, <laughs> just like everyone. Yeah, well, you have to have a good time to, like, go to the Olympics, you know, like, it, it, I don't know, well, like process. not necessarily, not, not really. I think you could talk to a lot of Olympians who could tell you, like, they thought that going to the Olympics would make it a good time. And then they realized that, like, oh, like, no, <laughs> that didn't work, you know, I think a lot of people expect that if they achieve the goal, then it makes like all of the not having a good time worth it. And then they find out that it doesn't really, and it can be really disappointing. That's why you see like after the Olympics, there's a big like mental health crisis every four years, you know, you get um, all these stories about athletes who suffer from depression after the Olympics, because they thought that like, you know, I'm not happy now, but like going to the Olympics will make me happy. And then they realize that, oh, that that is not a thing. <laughs> it doesn't actually work. It doesn't make you happy um, just to be there. If you were miserable before, you're still going to be miserable after. And so it's not the fix. Like, you have to do the work to, like, you know, go to do the therapy and do the soul searching and, like, find your happiness. And then, then the Olympics are, like, they make you more happy, you know, then it's like a celebration and it can add to your joy, but it's not like in replacement for your joy for like life and training and stuff. Um, And everyone's Olympics is different, right? Like someone who's listening, your version of the Olympics is different, but it's the same concept. Yeah, definitely. I feel like that's very true. And that's why my college coach, she used to always say, you got to enjoy the process. Because the mm. process is like basically what your life is, you know, whatever the yeah. end result is, is just a result. But the process is the journey along the way. And so hopefully you enjoy it because, no. I don't know, that's what life is about. So I'm yeah. glad that you are now on your process. <laughs> yeah, I wrote about this. And one of my, it's funny you said that because I wrote that quote in my last, I think it was in my last newsletter or two newsletters ago. I can't remember now, but it was like, you know that phrase like enjoy the process or like whatever um yeah I've heard that and I probably even said that and like you know perpetuated that but I've never I don't think that I've truly felt it the way that I felt it when I was um when I started triathlon training like I was enjoying the process so much 
that I was like, almost like, I don't even care what happens with the result because I'm having so much fun. And I don't think I truly ever felt that before. And I was like, whoa, like, that's what that phrase means. It's kind of, I was like, whoa. (laughs) That's so exciting though. I feel like that's where everyone strives to get to. So I'm glad that you've, you've reached it. Yeah. Well, where can people like follow along your journey, subscribe to the newsletter? Where can they check it all out? Mm. All the things. Yeah. ColleenQuigley.org is my website and that's where the newsletter lives. It's free. And I send one out every month on the first Friday of the month. Um, and then my Instagram and Twitter and stuff are at steeple squigs. It's still, I'm keeping the, I'm keeping the hash, the handle the same, even though some people were like, are you going to be like triathlon squigs now? I'm like, no, <laughs> it doesn't I probably should be like, just like, Mine doesn't hit the same. I should probably be just like calling quickly at some point, but I like steeple squigs. So steeple squigs and then calling quickly. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like you have to keep the steeple squigs through 2024, you know? Yes. You're still steeple. Absolutely. Yeah. When I make the, like the full transition to triathlon, I might need to rename the, rethink the handle. Rebrand. That's a ways off still. (laughs) Yeah. Rebrand. Exactly. I need a little refresh. Everybody has to do that for now and again. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, thanks for coming on. I enjoyed our conversation. It was nice catching up. I feel like it's been a while. So now I like have the full picture. You know, I see little like glimpse here and there on social media, but it's nice mm-hmm. to sit down and chat all about it. Um, to, yeah, thanks for reaching out. Yeah, for sure. Um, to close out the episode, can you give us a good old peace out, fellas? Peace out, fellas. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of Combos Over Cold Brew. I hope you enjoyed it. It was so nice catching up with Colleen. It had literally been so long. And honestly, like I said, it was just really good to know her plan moving forward because I've just seen little bits and pieces here and there on social media. So hope you guys enjoyed listening to our conversation. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Combos Over Cold Brew Pod. Leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It means the world to me. Thank you all so much for listening again, and I will catch you all next week. Peace out, fellas. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.